This is Harrison Kim, and you're listening to Working with People by PaveStep. The Working with People podcast is for executives, managers, and people leaders. We bring people experts together to provide you with relevant content on how to think about and manage your most important asset, your talent. We have Katie here with us today. How are you, Katie? Hey, Harrison. I'm doing great. Where are you calling in from? Uh, I'm here in Seattle, Washington. Awesome. Awesome. Is that home for you? It is. Yep. It's, it's my new home. I, I didn't grow up here, but I love it. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, I, I hear nice things. I've never actually personally been. Well, I hope you'll come visit someday. It is great. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about something actually pretty unique for our podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking about how to engage your workplace and your workforce with theater-based exercises. I'm really, really curious. Uh, but before we dive into that, uh, tell us a little bit more about you and what you do. So uh, I'm the founder of McLaughlin Method, uh, where I'm focused on helping leaders to take deliberate action to create safe teams and uh, to also just create a happier, healthier workplace. And uh, as you mentioned, I use theater-based exercises in my method. Uh, I have a theater background, but I've also spent uh, the majority of my career working in business and uh, quite an extensive history in the tech industry and with uh, what I call mature startups. Um, so startups that have you know more than 50 people. Gotcha, gotcha. So everyone talks about the importance of engaging your workforce, right? Or one's work for, uh, workforce. And you hear often that it's quite challenging, right? Especially nowadays, um, and I can kind of um, get, I, that resonates with me as well. So can you take a few moments to speak to the importance of engaging your workforce and why it's so challenging these days? So at a very fundamental like human level, we spend so much time, especially in the United States, uh, and other parts of you know the world where we spend a lot of time at work, and we ideally want to be happy. We want to feel like we are engaged, using our skills, um, interested in the work that we do. And data shows us that when employees are engaged, productivity goes up, profitability of companies goes up, uh, customer satisfaction goes up, uh, and so does employee tenure. And so, you know, just by looking at that data, we need to invest in engagement, right? And it can feel like this thing that is really intangible. Like, how do we mm. make an impact? And there are ways that we can do that at like an organizational level, but I think it's even more powerful on an individual level with individual leaders, individual teams, investigating, you know, one-on-one -on -one with an individual, what gets you up in the morning? What makes you excited, you mm -hmm. know, to work? And, you know, sometimes people are in roles that are not great fits for them and they might need to be in a different role. Whereas other folks would want just different types of responsibilities or opportunities to do different things uh, and might need to be spoken to in a different way that would help motivate them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And I think especially now it's difficult to do those things because communication has become, in my opinion, a little bit more difficult. Like, uh, sincere, organic, and really thoughtful communication has become more difficult, you know, especially if you are in an environment where you are remote and where, where you are hybrid, right? 
even before the pandemic and before most environments became remote or hybrid, mm-hmm. you know, more and more the millennial and younger generations resist making phone calls. And, you know, I feel like that's one of those kind of ad hoc ways to connect via voice that we could mm. be using more in the remote hybrid world, but we don't, we haven't in, ingrained or built in that habit uh, where it feels normal or natural uh, to pick up the phone uh, to chat with someone even briefly. And so instead, most of our communications are scheduled. Uh, you know, they're scheduled for 30 minutes uh, or longer, <laughs> right. you know, and and when you just have one of those like water cooler type questions, like, hey, have you thought about or what do you think about or um, did you hear, you know, we don't, we're not going to schedule 30 minutes to do that. Right. Right, right. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. So let's talk about the techniques or the exercises that you would recommend um, to really try to improve that communication, to engage the workforce. We'd love to hear more. I'm super excited about this. Yeah, so um, I use some techniques that are referred to as image theater. And part of what's beautiful about these techniques is it allows us to use our bodies, our facial expressions uh, to express things that are difficult to put words to and where we don't have to know the right words to describe our reaction to something or how we Mm -hmm. feel in a particular situation. And so when I work with uh, leaders, individuals, teams of people, uh, I typically give them a prompt, uh, like create an image of how you feel when you go into a one-on-one with your manager. Mm -hmm. And I think Even just that prompt probably is generating some thoughts and feelings from those that are listening right now. Some people might be really excited. uh, And so the image they might create would be something, uh, you know, with like a bright, bright eyes and, you know, a smile and maybe open arms because they're like, oh, yeah, bring it on. Um, Whereas other folks really resist those kinds of conversations, have had a lot of negative experiences with either this direct manager or with past managers. And so, you know, they might cross their arms and have kind of a scowl on their face. And we've tossed around for a long time, the notion that an image is worth a thousand words. Mm -hmm. And so part of why I use this technique, again, because it, we don't have good vocabulary for describing emotions. And also it can feel really vulnerable and scary to say, I don't want to go to a one-on-one because I feel like I have to be on the defensive. Like nobody says that (laughs) to their leader, right? right? But when, especially when doing this in a group environment um, and a leader or others in the group get a chance to see that they're not the only ones who have those adverse reactions to these different work scenarios. Mm -hmm. It helps people to have empathy almost immediately because we can recognize the emotions and the the feelings that are behind that reaction instantly. We don't need someone to explain it to us. Right, right. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. So give me an example of, so you, you've already talked about like the, the, the few exercises that you typically work on. Give me an example of something that like really blew your mind, right? And, you know, you run these engagements and exercises with these folks. Um, what were some really interesting findings that you've had over the over the you know course of your time? So you know, I I survey folks at the end of my workshops or at the end of even like my free um, right. my free talks that I do, and it was shocking to me that even in a single hour long workshop, 
which I refer to as team rebuilding, where we could try to rebuild some of the connections or build new connections. I was shocked that, you know, over 80% felt more supported, felt more engaged and felt empathy in some way or some level with Mm -hmm. at least one person in the room. And I wasn't necessarily expecting that the numbers would be that high, but it, you know, it's of course very satisfying. And I hope that that has um, really created a long lasting impact, you know, for the folks that participate in my workshops, that they start to change and make tiny shifts in their perspective to realize we're all humans, all experiencing similar things in the workplace. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So for organizations, you know, I can even just hear some people right now saying things like, you know, let's say this is a manager or a leader who's thinking about retention, productivity, engagement, all of these things. Um, but at the end of the day, it has to be able to prove, quote unquote, right? Um, that like, hey, this is worth our investment. This is worth our time. So how do organizations or managers or leaders measure if these techniques and exercises are successful? Any, any thoughts there? So one of the ways that I encourage leaders and organizations to measure effectiveness of honestly really any initiative, um, but of course, especially the work that I do with them uh, is through like pre and post surveys. That's one way, Um, you know, and I'm happy to help organizations to craft that. And so where we ask like the same questions to see if there was an increase or an improvement in Mm -hmm. someone's immediate uh, kind of connection, empathy, et cetera. That's one way. Um, You know, another way is a bit of a longer tail and looking at the engagement scores for a team or the entire company. And, um, you know, this is, you know, the kind of traditional HR engagement or uh, culture surveys uh, that that are being led, you know, through that HR talent organization. And that can be spliced by team, that can be spliced by leader. And what we would do is we would actually look at the engagement scores together and I would help them pick out some markers that they would want to impact through the course of of my working with them. Um, And honestly, you can do that with any initiative where you're trying to make a a difference in the lives and impressions of your employees. And then check, check the data before, check the data after. And if you're doing that survey, more regularly than annually, which I highly recommend, uh, you're going to get uh, faster data and faster realization of whether or not something's working. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. And I know that looking at engagement survey- surveys can be daunting, even for HR and talent <laughs> professionals that, uh, you know, that the ones that run them and like, what do we do about, about this data? So, you know, I do have a, you know, a free guide on my website uh, called show your team you're listening mm-hmm. uh, and using engagement surveys to uh, kind of break down how can you start to look at this and mm-hmm. use that to inform some of your initiatives. So, perfect, perfect, awesome. Uh, well, those are all the big questions that I had, Katie. Where can the audience find you and your thought leadership? Yeah, best place would be on McLaughlinMethod.com. I have both a blog and uh, a bunch of free resources. I've got access to all of the different times when I've guested on other podcasts as well. Uh, you can also follow both me, Katie McLaughlin, and my company, McLaughlin Method, on LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to Working With People by PaveStep. Feel free to check out other episodes on pavestep.com slash podcast. Katie, thank you so much. Thank you.